0: This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith and welcome to Taiwan Talk. Dr. Li Yuanze was the first Taiwanese to win a Nobel Prize for his contributions to the science of chemistry in 1986. Dr. Li has also served as the president of the Academia Sinica of Taiwan and is the head of the International Council for Science. Today, he maintains an office at the Academia Sinica where he was gracious enough to invite me to discuss Taiwan's energy policies, global warming, and the need to change before it's too late.
1: As we enter the 21st century, you see Nali Taifung. In three days, dropped two meters of rain, and entire Taipei was flooded. And three, two and a half years ago, you see Morocco typhoon, we have seen rain mm, raindrop of two meters in two days. And people always said that's only happened once in 100 years. We're happening very frequently now.
0: So, this kind of rain is not supposed to happen? No.
1: Not in the past.
0: I see. Hmm. And uh, you expect this trend to continue unless we make some major train changes.
1: That's right. It will become worse and worse. Is it possible
0: that some people are not connecting the two issues in their minds? They're, they're not seeing
1: these as connected? Certainly, they are, uh, still have lots of people who do not fully understand. But as you see, IPCC five years ago, when they submitted the report, They give lots of evidence of global change and what's happening. And during the last five years, not only what IPCC said turned out to be true, but actually might even be worse.
0: So the science behind this is very solid.
1: Oh, yeah. There's no question about it.
0: You recently uh, gave an interview where you said that Taiwan is lagging behind in clean energy development and applications.
1: Yes. Especially in the application, we are lagging behind. For example, government didn't take any position on the energy efficiency, especially automobile, the transportation, or power generation in industrial production. Didn't really have a strong position.
0: So you mean the government doesn't seem to have a policy in
1: place? No, yet no. There are some policies related to. Uh, not using plastic bag and those kind of things and like rapid transit the subway system in Taipei is moving along and that's and all that's good but yeah, not, enough. not enough not enough enough. so what do you think we need to do to get back on track well in Taiwan we are producing about 12 tons of carbon dioxide per year and in order to maintain sustainability we have to cut way down maybe the three tons Cut from 12
0: to 3. Yeah. Wow. In,
1: by 2020, uh, yeah, it's... Seven it's years seven from now. Seven, eight years now, uh. in order to, to really stabilize so-called is with that, the situation.
0: Is that possible?
1: Very difficult. Mm. We have to change our lifestyle drastically.
0: What would be some practical and inexpensive solutions that the government might be able to adopt almost immediately that would have an impact on this issue?
1: Well, immediate impact will come from the behavior of the people. For example,
0: like if we we put more solar panels on roofs, especially in southern Taiwan, government subsidies, this kind of thing, are these practical things that the government could do right away?
1: That certainly would help. On the other hand, you have to realize that uh, Taiwan is a place, population density is so high. So we do have 600 people per square kilometer compared to thirty or three. Thirty in the United States, three in Canada and Australia. Right. People in Taiwan should not forget that they, we only got one twentieth of the sunshine compared to the people in the United States. Putting the solar panel certainly will help. But it will only provide a small, very small percentage of what we need. Taiwan was still going to be than energy importing country, Taiwan's
0: carbon footprint per person is is terrible.
1: Yeah, twelve tons. Right, is fifty percent, almost fifty percent higher than Japanese or European people. The the on average of eight or nine, in Taiwan is twelve.
0: Is that because the the devices we use, the cars we drive, everything is just not efficient, as efficient as Japan or the EU?
1: That is part of the reason. Is certainly is efficiency. The second part is that we have lots of factory or manufacturing. Those are energy consuming. Right. So like naphtha Cracker, in which they have a cement company, steel company, and consume lots of energy.
0: But just moving those industries like over to China, for example, might be a, a solution for us, but it's not no, a solution no. for the planet.
1: It's not a solution for, for, for the planet at all. In in Taiwan, we have not been cutting the wood from the forest for quite a long time. Right. But we were using the wood from Cambodia. Right. And Bhima. Right, mm. right. Indonesia.
0: Tune in tomorrow for some ideas for solutions for Taiwan from Dr. Lee, including the controversial idea that despite the government's push for increasing the birth rate, what we really need is fewer people. Thanks for joining me on Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to ICRT's Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm continuing a chat with Taiwan's so far only Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Li Yuenze. In recent years, Dr. Li has turned his attention to environmental issues, helping his fellow scientists try and find ways of reducing the effects of human-created climate change. Dr. Lee explained that although there are a lot of good ideas floating around that would help make a difference, in the end, it boils down to too many people consuming too few resources.
1: We have too many people consuming too much resources and damaging the environment. Taiwan population is going down; it is a good sign. But government tried to keep encouraging people to produce baby, baby because they need the manpower for the industry or for the army. I said, it's all wrong. We have to set the example. How can we manage in the declining population and people, all the people to so keep on working. I'm 76 now, but I'm still working very hard. So that's one solution would be to... One solution is for all the people to keep work, We right. need to work hard. That is to cope with the population decline. Right. But the second thing is so we really need to reduce the consumption. Fundamentally, we have to do three things. We have to control the population. United Nations already said by 2050, our population will go up to nine to ten billion people. I would say today we have seven billion people, and going up by 30 or 40 percent by 2050, it's really impossible for us to solve anything. Population need to be controlled. This is one thing. The second thing is our consumption has to be reduced. And it reducing the consumption, we have to have a scenario to tell people how can we live Buenos Aires during the second world War when the u s ally was bombing, uh, run into the mountain with with our families and lived there for one and a half years, there's no electricity, nothing, no fossil fuel. everything will depend on the sunshine. Sunshine brought us food, and life was wonderful. You cannot imagine how rich we were in the jungle. Nature provided everything, and beautiful. Can find the fish in the river. Then gradually, after the war, you see the transformation. I ride bicycle, but at the time I wanted two clothes and wash one and wear another one. And life was simple, very simple, very so happy. We need to return to that simplicity. Yeah, we have to to return to simplicity. But return to the simplicity doesn't really mean return to the, the so-called very uh, undeveloped kind of life, the science yeah, and technology. We're not going back to the jungle. No. science and technology develop in such a way that they, we can really have a reasonable life with uh, much less energy. Of course, society has to change. If we keep on spreading out, then there's no way. You
0: mentioned as one of the main things that we need to do is reduce consumption. Yeah. Um, Every time the government tries to raise the price of either gasoline Mm -hmm. or electricity or something, people freak out. There's demonstrations all over the street, you know, shout tai, shout tai, all of this kind of stuff, right? But isn't that the most effective way to reduce consumption is by raising prices?
1: Yes, certainly. But you see... Taiwan is facing two difficulties. One is the taxation is not fair. So do you know government is collecting about 12% of GDP every year compared to about 50% in Northern Europe, 40% in Germany, and we have only 12%. U.S. Even US is very low, still twice as much. So what we are doing is we borrow lots of money. Government is borrow lots of money and using for the next generation and the ch- consequence of so low taxation means salary is low salary is low so when you raise the energy price they really affected their livelihood so they will protest the second thing is corruption corruption and those monopolized company very corrupt so a raising the raising the price it's a effective way, but we have to, at the same time, we have to fix those kind of things. Taxation has to be fair. Rich people are not paying tax. Salary men are the only ones paying tax. And if rich men will pay the tax, government will get more than twice the income. And then salary will go up as a factor two. Then raising the price of gasoline certainly will will control how, how much you consume.
0: Well, that sounds like a very fair plan to me. (laughs) Dr. Lee, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith. All of our episodes are available as podcasts on iTunes or on the ICRT website, www.icrt.com.tw.